Welcome back to Beer and Football. It's uh, it's been about a week and a half since our last podcast. A lot of uh, craziness has gone on out in the world with the uh, the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, and we are um, doing our part. And we are recording this in uh, in self isolation. So I'm uh, in my own home, as is uh, Joe and Jeff. So we are uh, practicing that social distancing thing, and um, it's going to be an interesting podcast because we've never done one apart. Um, so far so uh, hopefully the quality sounds all right for everyone out there and uh, hopefully you enjoy it and uh, we're going to do the best we can here so um, I'm currently in my basement holding uh, doing doing my best to you know keep things rolling Um, I am I have to go into work every single day Uh, that's nothing's really changed on that front for me but I know you guys have a little different circumstances so Jeff how you how you holding up in these times I'm actually doing all right I'm uh, my job allows me to work from home you know, pretty regularly so this isn't too much a too much of a difference for me personally the biggest difference is I'm moving in a couple of weeks and my basement is now empty and it is very echoey so I apologize if it comes across that way uh, it re- reverberates throughout the house as well so I'm sure my wife can hear me in uh, her bedroom all the way across the room the, the house uh, up a floor and uh, I'm currently sitting on my rocking chair uh, with my computer on top of my mini fridge, which is the only things left in the basement. <laughs> so it's uh, quite a quite a setup. So we'll see how this goes. I got uh, got all my content. I got my beer in my fridge. I'm trying to finish it off before we move, and um, I'm excited for this next episode. How are you doing, Joe? Uh, I'm doing all right. Now teaching is it's we're in a different transition right now, trying to figure out what we're doing as a state country all that stuff on the teaching end uh we're just kind of rolling with it right now um this time homes allowed me to work on my basement we're trying to finish that up and making a lot of progress now that i have some extra time on my hands so it's nice i'm enjoying myself some of the few that can say that you know right right yeah i'm using my time wisely and you know trying to get all my ducks in a row with teaching and seeing what all the kids need and all that stuff. But, you know, it's a transition time that we're, we're in it together and working through it and making sure everything can go as smoothly as possible. Good to hear, man. I, I do enjoy the snaps of you and Frank putting uh, yeah. your base together. So those are, uh, those are always entertaining. Yeah. A lot of Joe and Frank time, which is good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I kind of forgot where uh, our kitchen start, our remodel starts on uh, Saturday. We had to push it back a week since Illinois went on a, a shutdown, a, a shelter in place order went out. So we, we pushed it back a week. And um, just like my company, the contractors are an essential operation. So we are going to move forward with it for better or for worse. So hopefully everything goes smoothly in the next couple of weeks and um, we're not without a kitchen for too long. But um, for the podcast-wise, we have a quick shout-out to New Zealand and Ukraine, our uh, two newest uh, countries that joined the, the listening list. So uh, thank you guys out uh, overseas, and hope you guys are enjoying it, and hopefully things aren't too crazy out there in terms of uh, the pandemic going on. And we're going to keep trying to supply you with the content. Yeah, there's not um, as so much we, uh, live soccer, so... You know, we'll go and jump into some of our, you know, favorites, our all-time teams and some top goals and, you know, do a little of that end. 
Yeah, also going to give you a little insight into uh, how we got into our, our favorite teams. So uh, if you've followed or listened to any of our podcasts, you know that we uh, heavily support Liverpool, Arsenal, and all of us are, are Chicago Fire fans. A little less than Joe is, but uh, we all support him and um, want to share with you guys how we got into each team and follow them so passionately. Yeah, we, uh, me and Jeff did this uh, a little bit in, I think, our first podcast, but that was before the, uh, the thruple was created with Joe jumping in. And um, so we'll, uh, let's start with Joe. Um, so we're all at one point season ticket holders for the Chicago Fire, but uh, you were the one that's uh, you held on the longest. You're the biggest fan that I know. Um, so what uh, what attracted you to the Chicago Fire, and uh, what, what kind of started your your love affair, if you will? Well, you know, playing soccer in the Chicagoland area, and you get a local team that comes, you you want to support them and and show up. And so in '97, '98, like when they uh, started, my family had we got like a 10 game pack. Um, so we would, we picked 10 games and we would go and, um, you know, it was a fun day out uh, for the, the family. And we'd have friends from, you know, my club team, we'd you know go with their parents and some kids in the teams and we would tailgate and we would do that whole thing, driving down to soldier field and, you know, supporting the team and watching live professional soccer. We didn't have that opportunity until then. So, um, you know, it was something that I, always enjoyed watching and playing and, you know, it was finally a team that was in my hometown that I could go watch. And, you know, since 98, I've been going to games ever since. And, you know, you just kind of grow up with the team and it becomes part of your identity. And, you know, that's where I'm at. And then there was a game, you know, we went when they were renovating Soldier Field and they were playing at North Central and we went to those games and then, uh, when I really, I was always a, a casual supporter where I'd go to games each week or each year and make sure that I was, you know, catching five or six games if I could. And, but I was in high school or junior high. And so it was, I depended on, you know, my parents and things to get me to games. So once uh, I became an adult and I got a job and, you know, it was, we were, uh, my wife and I were going to games and, we uh, there was a playoff game we went in. I think they were playing DC United, and it was at Toyota Park then, and it was just the most fun that I've had at a, a football match. Um, you know the the team the game was intense. You know the crowd was you know in it. Everyone was supporting, and you know, it was just you left the game like that was a great time. I really enjoyed myself. So then we looked into season tickets and you know that was back in 2008 and then ever since until this season we have been season ticket holders and there was i would probably maybe miss a game or two a season um other than that you know i was always there and supporting the team even though it was tough at times but you know they're just they're my team and i wanted them to do well and i wanted to be there and support them and it was just a a time that I I look forward to each week. I knew there was a fire game coming up, and I would get to go and see live live football and and just see professionals play. And you know, some some professionals. Well, some of the, they were technically professionals. <laughs> At times, they 
they didn't feel that way. I felt like I could, you know, go to my local high school and see the same quality, but it was, you know, just, I was there and I felt like I was doing my part and, you know, they were letting me down by their, the quality that was, or lack of it that was on the pitch or, or whatever. It was just, but it was my team. And I related to those players, like the Chris Rolfs and the Patrick Yarkos and Logan pauses. And those players were, you know, they were who I really, I liked who they were. I liked how they played. They didn't get the results that we wanted, but you know, they, you felt like they were on your team and you wanted them to do well. And like Sean Johnson and those players that you just related to that the fire drafted, the fire put their time and effort in. They just didn't get the supporting cast around them to do, do well, but they were still players that you could relate to. And then they went through a growing phase where those players were getting shipped out and new players that you didn't identify with. You didn't see, you couldn't see yourself in those players and how they played and their work ethic wasn't great. And they just didn't have the quality that you wanted. And it was tough to go to those matches, but I still went and, you know, it was, it was just a part of my, my life. It was going to those matches and, and supporting my local team and, you know, hoping that this new regime turns it around and they can start playing well. And when they ever get, when, when they get back, if they can keep it up and, and just kind of be more of a Chicago team and work hard and try to get those results. But, you know, they're, they're still my team and I, I just love them. That's just who I want to be successful and I want to do all those things and, hopefully they can they can do it yeah i mean you mentioned you know uh good times and, and tough times like you said they started in 98 at soldier field uh i mean i i, I went my first game was at soldier field there i think uh zach thor may have got a red card it was pretty exciting on that front but you know they they decided to like leave soldier field they went to north central like you said which is our local college and it was kind of cool, like seeing professional players playing on a, a field like that kind of size. Like it, it, you felt really close to them; they looked kind of larger than life. But that wasn't a great time in the fire sister. I don't think that was um, like a, a really entertaining thing to go see. They're actually giving tickets away at that point. But then, sure. you know, their 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 stint at Bridgeview, and now like it's coming coming full circle back to Soldier Field, where they're moving back. And it's just a shame that you know this thing has happened in terms of the pandemic with the coronavirus that like they didn't get that opportunity to play at home at Soldier Field, bring it back. And hopefully things get sorted out and they can uh, go back and bring soccer back to Chicago. Well, you know, things will get sorted out. It's a matter of when. So, you know, in the meantime, it's almost like it's building up the um, the excitement for it. Uh, Obviously not all of our thoughts are on, you know, the Chicago fire home opener at this point with all the, the craziness that's going on out there. But once things start to settle down, I think it's going to, I think it's really going to sink in that, oh my gosh, we got a, we got our team back in Chicago again, back at Soldier Field, kind of, like you said, a little nostalgic, gives us an opportunity to get excited about them again. So um, while it does, you know, kind of stink, we, we were denied our opportunity at the home opener, the the homecoming home opener. Uh, This kind of gives the fire, a little bit of an opportunity to, to come together as a team a bit as well, since man, the team was, was rebuilt. Um, 
Uh, I don't know how many, Joe, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but how many new faces have come in since the end of last season and how many have gone out. It's a huge rebuild. So th- this could almost be a, a blessing for the Chicago Fire, this little break. Um, gives them a chance to get together a little bit longer. Yeah, hopefully they can. I mean, there's a lot of new faces just from, you know, just from like two years ago, three years ago. It's just there's a constant shuffle of players, and that's kind of been their downfall. You know, Johan Kapelhoff is the longest-serving player on the fire, and I think he's been there like three and a half years, and that's not a great stat. And, you know, it's hard with that, you know, constant turnover of players that it doesn't bode well for continuity and success. But, you know, hopefully they can get these players in and keep them and, and make good decisions. And they're signing a lot of homegrown players now, and, you know, hopefully they can – you know, stay for a while and, and do things well. And then if they need to move on because they're, you know, doing well, then, you know, the fire MLS should be a selling club at this point, you know, get those, the funds and all that just to show that it's not just a stepping, it can be a stepping stone league and it doesn't have to be um, where you end up, you know, you can come here and grow and then leave and do big things like Alfonso Davies at, at Bayern Munich. He's a Vancouver um, Academy player. Now he's playing for Bayern Munich and he's playing in champions league. And that's a, that's what MLS can be. And the fire have a great pool to pull from in this Midwest and Chicagoland area um, that if they can get those players in and work with them, develop them and then ship them off and, It'll only bring good things for the club in the future. And, you know, it's a, it's a big city. It's a, it has a a good past this club and, you know, hopefully they can get back to it and, and do the right thing. Like they're trying to. So I'm in. They're my team. (laughs) That's uh, you know, you're a true fan, man. You're uh, you stuck with it for a long time through thick and thin ups and downs. That's uh, I commend you, sir. Um, and not only are you a fire fan, but you're also a, uh, an Arsenal fan. So real quick, how, uh, how'd you get an Arsenal? And like me, I'll probably answer this question as well. Why'd you stick with it for so long? <laughs> well, I think, uh, it was Thierry Henry. He kind of drew me in. Um, I just liked the way he played. He was just so silky and fluid on the ball and it played the way that I like to play the game. I like, you know, short, quick passes and, and movement and, just letting the ball do the work instead of, you know, all that, like just lumping the ball down and doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, they were a team that did that. They played well, they won. Um, and then Cesc Fabregas kind of kept me there. I saw myself like when he played, that's how I wanted to play. That's how I like to play. He was, you know, not quick by any means, but he was good with the ball at his foot. He kept people, he brought people into the match. He wanted the ball on his foot. Um, he did those things and he was kind of the player that I love to watch play um, that I would watch him play and try to model my, my game off of him. And, um, you know, he's, he was the one that really kept me at the club and, you know, they always played well. They went, they would to a fault that they would try to play the ball, you know, short, simple passes and it would get them in trouble and it still does get them in trouble. But, you know, I like that they, try to play that way and there's a you know it's the arsenal way and those kinds of things that just kind of kept me entertained i liked watching them play and 
you know, I think they play the game the right way or at least try to, and the results aren't always there, which is tough, but um, that's just kind of what kept me at Arsenal. No, it's uh, two fantastic players, Andre and uh, Fabregas. And uh, I, like you said, it's been, it's, it's been a hard, hard go to stay a fan after so many, you know, players have left. We've, lack of titles, lack of winning and such. So it's, again, you picked a couple teams there that uh, you've stuck with through really up, like big ups and downs. So good for you, Joe. Good for <laughs> you. I try. You're probably a Cubs fan too, aren't you? Uh, I don't, I don't really watch <laughs> baseball, but if I had to pick one of the two, I would pick the Cubs. Uh, they're more fun. They're, and they're uh, and uh, not only that, a Bears fan. Um, might just as well throw don't... the Bulls in there too. <laughs> but uh so we'll uh, we'll break things up so i don't talk about arsenal too much so i'll, I'll go third jeff uh you're a, a liverpool supporter uh, we talked a little bit about this but so let's rehash it again you know what what brought you to liverpool and uh what's like what's that backstory on your end yeah so the first and foremost um steven gerrard was, was probably my first love in my life um my wife knows this and she accepted it and she still said yes, even though she knew she was second in line at that point. Uh, Real keeper. Though. <laughs> uh, since then, obviously with Steve, with Stevie uh, retiring, uh, my wife has moved up to number one. So um, the household is happy, but uh, the way he played uh, just with the intensity, putting the team on his back, uh, carrying them over the line, uh, box to box, breaking up plays, throwing his body on the line, hitting bombs from 40 yards out, um, just being the motivator and, and everywhere on the pitch. It was the way I, I kind of settled my game. And I, I really, like Joe said, I um, kind of took my game and, and tried to mirror it off of his. So that was, that was my number one motivator, but then uh, followed up, not closely behind, but number two was uh, the fact that Liverpool haven't won anything in a while. It, it, you, you get that in um, in American sports pretty easily. I'm sure it's all over the place, but you know, fair weather fans. So New York Yankees comes to mind. Dallas Cowboys. You know, they were the team in the '90s that were won- winning everything, and, and everyone wanted to be fans of them. It's easy to be fans of those teams. Um, well, Liverpool. I started watching them just after the Champions League that they won. And, and to be honest, I, I had no idea that they won the Champions League. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but watching European games here in the States um, 10 years ago or so, however long it was now, uh, it was very difficult. I was going on some third-party sites, some very sketchy sites just to watch games. And before that, I had no idea what was going on. So... It, um, so really what it comes down to is Steven Gerrard was just so much fun to watch. And um, I wanted a team that wasn't winning everything. Uh, I did start to, you know, a little, little known, little known fact to you guys here. I actually started out as a Newcastle fan. Um, and uh, I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not a bad choice. to that shit. <laughs> So I went from one losing team to um, I wouldn't call them a losing team, but you know, with Liverpool, uh, they they dominated the '80s and early '90s, and then um, you know, somewhere around like '90, it was like '90, '92 ish. They they stopped winning the league, um, 
but before that they were dominant uh newcastle really has never done that still uh, no trajectory to do that at this point um i mean to be fair uh, neither one of those teams has really won anything since 1990 so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> leave that one alone for now um <laughs> But Mike, uh, so kind of follow up and sandwich me into a, an Arsenal sandwich. Um, so what what brought you and kept you into the to the Gunners fold? Uh, you know, similar to, to Joe, I mean Thierry Henry was was the guy. You know, I um, I like you said there wasn't much opportunity like back in here coming up to watch you know European soccer. I think the the first European soccer game I ever saw was the last kick of the champions league final shootout with like Bayern Munich, I want to say Valencia. And that was, I mean, Oliver Kahn made a save. And I think that was the only European soccer I think I'd ever seen outside of like a world cup tournament um, that was nationally broadcasted. So um, <clears throat> once I kind of came across um, the opportunity to watch, you know, Henri play, I, I really, really sold it, you know, similar to what you guys were saying. Like I really, um, uh, took my style of game and I, I kind of mirrored it off of him. Like I, that was how I always wanted to play. I was not nearly as fast as Henri, but you know, I was decent with technical ability and I was a forward and that's just who I wanted to be. I want to score goals and, and everything that he did on the field, I wanted to, to mirror that in my game. And um, it was, and he, I, like, like you said, they had just won the invincible season and I didn't really know that for about a year. Um, I kind of came across that with my roommate in college and he, he kind of brought me to that light and I was like, Oh, that's even better, you know? And, and within college, my, my coach, he was a, uh, a diehard man, U fan. So you would think that like all that pushing would have been made me a, a man United fan. And like you said, it's easy to be a, a fan of a team that always wins. But I think that kind of like steered me away from man United. Like I didn't want to be a part of that. Like I didn't want to be like a Yankees fan. I didn't want to be a fan of just the team that won everything all the time. And, and we uh, wouldn't have been friends at that point. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, it, it's probably it worked out for the best on all fronts. So, uh, I mean, and you know, they they were when I started, you know, sporting Arsenal. They they were at the top of their game. They were at the top of the of world football for a long time, and they hit a rough patch. And like, it's you have to stick through it thick or thin. You know, like they 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 went through a really long drought of not winning any any kind of trophy after such a prolonged, you know, run of things. So it was, it was, there was tough times. We're still going through them, you know, but we've got some FA cups to our, to our name and we're, uh, we're holding strong. We're, we're trying to put things back together. We've been rebuilding for about 10 years now, really. So um, it, it, it's the a slow burn. Um, but you know, the way that, that Henri played and like all the, the similar players that kind of came through, it's very attacking free flowing style of play that they adapted under Wenger. And it's, uh, it, it's just kind of how I always wanted to play. And, you know, like the way I coach is very similar to how they play. I don't really care too much about defending. Uh, you know, I take the John Madden approach and the team that scores more goals is going to win. So, you know, that's kind of how I play and how I coach. And, you know, Arsenal is very similar and, you know, I'll, I'll never not be an Arsenal fan no matter how bad they are. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where I'm at as far as Arsenal goes and, I wanted to be Henri, and I'm not, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> not many people are, Mike. So I think <laughs> you got that going for you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
so kind of talking about the teams that we've supported, um, some, it, you know, people have been doing these around, you know, social media and whatnot, kind of picking like all time teams and kind of came across something that was pretty interesting to do, um, you know, with European clubs have a lot of international players. You know, we, we tried to do um, our all time teams, but only having one player per country. Uh, might be a little more difficult for Joe since he's a Chicago. I be doing Chicago fire. I managed. He uh, he figured it out. You know, he he did try to get us to allow him to get more than one U.S. player on there, but you know, he he figured it out. Uh, we didn't want him cheating, or you know, he had to play by the rules. So, um, it's an interest. It was tough. I I know I I struggled a little bit, um, given that there are so many English right backs. In the history of Arsenal, it was hard to, you know, sacrifice a player in a different position. But, you know, we'll kind of we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little later. But uh, let's go back to Joe. So the fire being an American club team, how, how did you fare? How was this easy for you? Was it difficult? And then kind of run us through your lineup. The, the real problem I came was at right back. I think the fire have only had one non-American right back in their existence. Um, and it wouldn't have been a problem – with this right back, had he not been Jamaican, they're both. I wanted Damani Rolf up top um, as a striker, but he was Jamaican as well. So I had to I had to take out Damani Rolf to put in Lavelle Palmer at right back, and that just I don't like that. Um, <laughs> and it's just it's not what I want. But playing by the rules, he was serviceable at best um, during the. Uh, Frank Yallop years. Um, but, you know, I, I went with a, a four, three, like a four, kind of a four, two, three, one um, formation. Uh, I have uh, Jorge Campos in goal um, because, you know, I, I wanted Sean Johnson, but I felt CJ Brown deserved it more. So um, I have CJ Brown and Lubos Kubik as my center backs. Um, then I have Gonzalo Segueras as a left back. He was just so solid up, uh, up and on the left um, as our left back uh, from Costa Rica. So, um, and then Palmer as our right back from Jamaica. Then I went uh, with Schweinsteiger and Novak as my two midfielders with uh, Schweinsteiger kind of playing that holding midfielder with uh, Novak running around like a crazy man, like he was. Um, then I put Risto Stoichkov as my out, my left winger, uh, and David Akam as my right winger, and then right in the middle there, just getting balls and pinging them everywhere and not moving from that spot is uh, Quatemoc Blanco. Uh, there he is. He is just <laughs> trying to just right in that attacking mid. He will stay in that spot. He won't move. He will yell at everyone. But if you give the ball at his foot, he will make good things happen. Um, and he will, you know, score some goals and he will get in other teams' heads. And, um, you know, he is just someone that when he was there, he is a player that you want on your team and you never want to play against him. So, uh, and then since I couldn't have Devani Ralph up top, I, uh, I went with uh, Nikolic. His 2017 season, he, every time he touched the ball, went in the goal. He scored, uh, I think, 50 goals in three seasons for the fire. And, you know, those are just numbers that are that are good. Um, you know, he kind of faded off towards the end. But 
Uh, I think he was he is someone that could fit into that team. Uh, there was Ante Razov. He's our the Fires' leading scorer, but um, I just think C.J. Brown, as the American, deserves that spot. He, you know, was in the team forever. Um, he's in the Ring of Fire. He's all those things that um, solidifies that American spot. Um, but I think it's a good team. Uh, it's got some dangerous spots. I think the defending end might be you know, just solidified with this, that back four and maybe Schweinsteiger kind of sticking in front of them. But going forward, I think we'd be quite dangerous. And uh, I think we'd score a lot of goals. We might give up a few, but Kubik and, and Brown in the middle are two solid center backs that um, won't let you get past them if they have a chance. So I think it's a decent team. CJ Brown, shorter shorts in the hey. league. Uh, I have a quick question, Joe. Yeah. Um, what country is um, your keeper from? Shoot. Boom. Oh. All right, then I'm going <laughs> to – I'm going to – oh, man. Do you get a new keeper or do you take out Blanca? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, um, you can't take out Blanca. There aren't any other keepers. <laughs> oh, you could put Blanco in oh, goal. He doesn't do much anyway. Isn't Sean Johnson? Do you already have a Canadian? In there? No, Sean Johnson, American. Oh, oh man! Oh, you have to come back to me for that. Think, think about it. We'll come back to you. We'll we'll, we'll switch over to Jeff yeah. and uh, go through his all-time <laughs> Liverpool squad, which I have to assume involves the one and only Stevie G. Probably. Um, <laughs> however, I, I got to make an addition. I got to make a change to my uh, last second. So I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you, Mike, um, to give me just a few more minutes. <laughs> you know, uh, at this point, prepared <laughs> podcast guys. So I guess I'll have to step in and uh, and, and and give you my team. So um, let you guys deliberate and figure out your missing pieces. Um, I'll go through the Arsenal, my all, Arsenal all-time team here. Um, in goal, I've got Chesney. Um, solid keeper. Um, did the business for a long time. Came in as like an 18, 19-year-old. That's, that's a hard thing to do um, for a first team and, and a team like Arsenal. And he did a really good job and kind of hit the worldwide uh, rankings there. And as far as my back four, this was this kind of gave me some trouble. So left back, I went Kieran Tierney. Even though he's a very new signing, he's played like five games. Uh, Isn't he still injured? Yeah, he's I, yeah he's still injured. Um, this you know little somewhat of a break whatever we're in right now is going to do him some good so he comes back healthy. But uh, all, most of the left backs I had Ashley Cole in there, but you know I I I took that England spot and gave it to somebody else. And uh, there's not that many outside backs left or right that were not English, so that was a really tough decision to make. But Tierney is a very solid player. I think he's. He can slot in there, no problem, do the job, and, and be very uh, productive. Uh, my center backs are Cole Torre from the Ivory Coast and Sol Campbell from England. So I, that, I gave that England spot to Sol Campbell because he uh, he did the business. I mean, those two center backs were part of the Invincible squad, and they, uh, they, they, they did their jobs really well, and that's a solid center back pairing. Plus, Campbell left Tottenham to come to Arsenal and became part of history in, in the making. So it's um, – 
that that though was a plus in my book. And so right back, this was something that I like. I it was a last minute change for me. I had a really hard time getting making this choice, but I went with uh, Lauren from uh, Cameroon, which ultimately took Alex Song out of my lineup as a holding mid. So uh, that that back four of Tierney, Tory, Cole, and, and Lauren is. It's a pretty dangerous back four. I think uh, Tyranny and Lauren can get forward really well and, you know, um, do damage on both ends of the ball. Uh, my formation I went with is like a 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, however you want to look at it. Uh, my holding mids are Fabregas from Spain and Aaron Ramsey from Wales. And then in front of them is Ozil. Um, so you've got a six, eight, and ten there, and either one of those can do. You know, Ramsey and Fabregas can can go forward and defend. Um, that's a pretty strong midfield, in my opinion. And then our my front three is Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, and Alexis Sanchez. That that's a dangerous front three. Um, the biggest problem I had was picking Vieira or Henry. Um, I could have gone right back with Hector Bellerin, but that would have taken Fabregas out of my squad. And I really, I wanted that, the, the talent of Fabregas in their sight. And I really wanted Henri in my lineup. He's, he's my, one of my favorite players of all time. And I think that's a really strong lineup. You know, if you, I, I put that squad up against anyone out there, definitely the fire with no, no keeper. So. <laughs> And all those, all my players are from different countries. So, oh, I mean, when... CJ's got to go. Like, <laughs> how does CJ Brown not make this team? Oh man, that's, that's, that's a tough choice, bro. But uh, while Joe figures it out, Jeff, are you ready yet? Oh yeah, I just had one other player I had to switch out because I realized I didn't want to pull a Joe oh, and Joe. Uh, have two team, two guys from the same country. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So much like you guys, I had a tough time since um, my my team in particular is very heavily linked with um, with uh, you know, the Irish and Scottish background since they're so close. Um, so I pretty much picked um, someone from each country in Great Britain or uh, UK, I should say. Um, the only ones I'm really missing is uh, I think Northern Ireland. So. Sorry about that if anyone listens from Northern Ireland. <laughs> um, so we'll start up in the back. So um, starting with the Champions League hero, uh, Dudek, uh, starting goal from Poland. He he had he was probably one of the best Liverpool goalies out there. Um, the tenure he had and the, the saves he came up with were, were just huge. Um, huge, huge Polish fan. Um, you know, anyone who is, is a Polish fan is – is a big fan of this guy. So uh, I think he, he converted a lot of Polish uh, natives to Liverpool. Uh, I, I know my, my coworker, his dad is a diehard Liverpool fan. Um, and they come from Poland. He can't, he can't get enough because of this guy. Um, so in the back, I got four. So we got um, Hippia from Finland in the middle with, um, with Reese from Norway, John Arn Reese. And then uh, I'm going to go a little newer Robertson. I think much like you, I think Robertson has um, kind of proved himself a bit more than Tierney, but um, is a bit newer. And um, I think if he sticks around, if he sticks around, he's going to be uh, 
cementing himself in Liverpool lore uh, from the Scottish side of things. And then Steve Finnan from Ireland on the right. So uh, you got Finnish, Norway, and then Scotland and Ireland on the outsides. Uh, in the middle, there was a lot of English talent. Uh, I, you know, really hard to pick since Gerard takes up the only English spot on the squad. Um, of course, he has to make my team. Uh, that's a given. And then next to him, or actually I should say behind him, would be Xabi Alonso and Mascherano. Um, they actually all played together in the Champions League winning team. And um, they really bossed things around pretty nicely. Mascherano and Alonso went on to uh, to have very decorated careers after that, but um, not with Liverpool, unfortunately. Uh, in front was, again, a very similar story with a lot of English talent with Danny Glad- uh, Daglish and Ian Rush, um, just to name a couple. There's a lot of talent that's that's been up there. Um, however, I can't pick any of them. So I'm going to actually go with uh, Sané, who is a Senegalese. He, he, I think he has the ability to be a Balloon d'Or winner. Um, not quite there yet. You know, I don't, don't want you guys thinking that I'm, I'm putting him on that pedestal with Messi yet. Um, but I think he's got the ability. Um, and then next to him would be Suarez, uh, the, the man that everyone loves to hate. So he he bit a few people. Okay, get over it. He <laughs> scored some amazing goals, and you guys probably hate him just because the goals he scored against Arsenal. So yeah, I, was, I wasn't um, upset when he left. <laughs> I'm sure most teams were not. He he was just a phenom in the Premier League. He caught everyone by storm, and and in a time when Liverpool were not anything exciting to watch, we had the um, <laughs> we had the uh, Brendan Rodgers' philosophy, which was, um, I'm not sure what, uh, we had Suarez to watch. So uh, that was that was the excitement during that time. And then I'm actually going to go Ian Rush. Uh, he's Welsh, so that doesn't count against my English um, uh, account. So Ian Rush up top uh, with Sané Suarez. I think that's a, a killer combo. Uh, and then, yeah, all the rest of them behind him. So... Got really only a couple people from. Oh, I got three people outside of England or uh, Europe, um, but we're we're heavily linked with with the the Scottish Irish. We're just a UK type of team normally. Um, not usually, and uh, not in the last few years. You take a look at the squad, and it's all over the place. But that's pretty much every squad nowadays. Yeah, especially. I think that I'll uh, go up against any of your teams any day. I'd like to see these teams play out. I think that would be some really entertaining, high-scoring games for sure. Um, I think uh, Jeff and I have waffled enough. Joe, are you ready? Uh, I'm, I guess. I hate this team now. <laughs> no, but I – so I – Compost is the only non-American goalie that I can find that I would be willing to uh, – so Blanco has to stay in. He's – he just has to. He was crucial during that, you know, change in the stadiums, and he was – he just made the team so much better. Um, so he has to stay in the team. So C.J. Brown has to go out, and I hate that. Um, so I'm going to put Sean Johnson in goal. 
Um, he The team was terrible when he was there, but if he wasn't there, that team would have been even worse. He was um, he was moved out by Panovic because he wasn't good enough with his feet as a goalie, um, which you know was ridiculous. He was good for at least 10 points a season for the fire. Every season he was there. Uh, draws that we got should have been losses if he wasn't in net. Um, so he he deserves a spot on this team. If I was able to pick anyone, I would put him in goal. Um, so C.J. Brown is going to go out, and I guess I'll put uh, Wilman Conde in. Um, he was a Colombian defender that we had for a while that was very good on the ball, um, hard in the tackle, uh, and was just – he was a fun player to watch. He was good in the air. He just did the right things. Um, he was a little bit slower on the slow side, but um, which would give which would cause problems as a team. Um, he couldn't really cover ground and everything. But I think, you know, with the ball, he was good. He was good in a 50-50 tackle. And, you know, he was a fun player to watch. So I can put him in there. I wanted to put Arna Friedrich in there, but, you know, he's German. And he's not over Schweinsteiger. So I think... It was it was a tough decision that I'm not as pleased with as I was before I had, you know, Campos and Blanco in there, but it's a team that I could I could get behind and I'd like to see play and I think those players would would put on a good show. Uh well well done putting your squad together, Joe. <laughs> oh, God. Um I can't believe you took out CJ Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. He's a legend. He's a club legend. I yeah, I mean Blanco oh god. I just we're gonna move on now. <laughs> well, uh, while Joe uh, Wallows and his poor choice in team, you know, choices he had to make. Um what's uh before we move on to uh the top three goals that we think are, are the best all time. Jeff, let's talk about the beers real quick. Uh, what are you drinking tonight and why? Um, so I'm drinking the Alpha King uh, from Three Floyds. I think it's been drank before on our podcast. Um, and the reason being is that it was in my fridge. I'm trying to get rid of beers because I'm moving and the I can't justify going out to buy a beer in the current scenario. Well, I'm glad you put a lot of thought into this week. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was so much I wanted to 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 slight our podcast. It was more of a priority thing at this point. <laughs> That's fair, you know. Um, there isn't much like football out there to. Re- beers too at the moment so i mean i, I guess if, if you're gonna have a, a week that you get away with one this will be it so um uh, i'll up my game i promise <laughs> you I, I know i took one off last week or last podcast i am also drinking another beer from our previous podcast um to make up for it which is the, the Oktoberfest from spot um so Classic beers. I'm trying to to drink as many as I can so that I don't have to transport them to the new house. That's fair. I mean, last week you drank water. This week you're having two beers. Either way, I think you're in the right direction. So uh, good for you. Um, I I thought we were going to do this on Sunday, so I went out and went to the liquor store on Saturday before 5 p.m., before the uh, shelter in place uh, kicked in. And um, I like to, to choose my beers based on the name. And this, uh, I kind of played off of where football is right now. 
And this beer by Off Color Brewing is called Very, Very Far. Um, football is very, very far away from us right now. I think it's it's months away at, at the at the very earliest. You know, they're trying to get things started in April. I don't see that happening. I'm being realistic about it. And, um, you know, UEFA wants it all to be done by the 30th of June, which I still think is very unrealistic with all the competitions that need to be done. But um, this beer is a uh, Belgian-style ale. It's uh, it's pretty interesting because it's uh, fermented and mixed with uh, white wine yeast. I've never had a, uh, a beer kind of mixed with um, some bits of white wine. So it's, it's actually really good. It's very, uh, very tasty. It's a very easy drinking beer. And, um, you know, 6%, it's not too bad. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll hit you, but it won't, it won't break you. And um, never had off-color brewing before. So it's, uh, it's a very good beer, highly recommended. And uh, hopefully, you know, football gets a little closer as the, as the weeks come. So we talked about, you know, our, our squads. We got the beer talked about, and uh, let's move on to top three goals of all time in our own opinions. Um, Jeff, let's start with you on this one. What are your top three goals and why? All right, these were easy, actually. So I was driving around thinking about it, and um, really what it came down to was memories, Um, where you were, what was going on, who you were with, and – and also the impact of the goals. They were, they were big goals. It's not like a normal uh, Premier League game day is going to be make your top 10 usually. Um, so my first one was <clears throat> actually back in uh, what year was it? Um, it was – I don't remember the year, uh, but it was USA versus Brazil. Uh, it was 2011, and it was, I believe, the semifinal um, in the World Cup – uh, women's game USA versus Brazil USA were down uh, by one it was two to one um, we went into extra time and because it was a uh, um, oh because Brazil scored to, to tie it up they, they, they forced extra time so and then they scored another goal so they went up two one and this was in the 122nd minute minute of the game this was only happening, right? There shouldn't be 122 minutes in the game. This only extra time happened because one of the Brazilians goes down, clutching her shin, rolls around for a minute, rolls off the field, immediately gets back up and runs. You talking about Neymar? Um, (laughs) The 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 girl version. (laughs) So um, she was getting booed and and very poor sport sportsmanship was was being shown but luckily that extra time that she allotted was the goal that um that rapino was able to cross in and wombach was able to to nod home i I remember sitting on my couch just standing on my couch just going crazy calling people up like you watching this and everyone oh my god this is amazing and and it was really just kind of a a middle finger to, to the poor sportsmanship that was shown so that was my number one uh, USA versus Brazil, 90, um, uh, 2011 uh, World Cup. Uh, number two was uh, Landon Donovan versus Algeria. Uh, I'm not sure if that one's on your list, Mike, but um, I, I don't know if you remember what we were doing at that time. We were, we were living at, just at, outside of college, just after college. We're renting a, a big party house over in Burr Ridge, and 
staying up, what was it, all night to, to watch this game. And, I remember well. man, <laughs> <laughs> it was after a long night, and I'm not going to lie. So um, the memory leading up to that wasn't great. But I remember watching this game 0-0 going into to extra time, and we really needed a result to get through to the group stage. Or was this a semifinal? Um, either way, um, right, to get into the, to, to, to the knockout stage. So 0-0, 91st minute, uh, we're coming down on a, on a counterattack, and, and, and the play seemed to get bust up by the goalie. And then out of the screen comes Landon Donovan running through and just tucks this, this ball away, um, and, and, the, and everyone goes nuts. Uh, so in the end, it, it didn't put us into the, the final or anything. It got us through the group stages, but it was such a fun time watching that and, and, and the excitement of a, an extra time goal. So that one's my number two. And then uh, just recently, you guys probably love to hear it, but the Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, corner kick. Uh, and, and really, it's not that particular goal. It wasn't anything crazy spectacular. Trent just put the ball down, recognized no one was paying attention, crossed the ball into the middle, and, and Origi had a nice – he had a little – not a ton of work to do, but he still had to put it away. Um, and, and really what it encapsulated was the, the amazing 4 nothing comeback to knock out Barcelona in the Champions League semifinal. Um, that, to me, was one of the, my best memories watching the game. I, I had my daughter attached to me. She was still probably a month old at that point. So she went around wherever I went around watching the game, and I was jumping around, and she was wide-eyed and almost scared. But this this whole game encapsulated one of the reasons why I, I love this team. So that, that one was a huge goal for me. <clears throat> Could you imagine if Origi was also not paying attention and Alexander was just – like rocking that ball in there and like hit him in the back of the leg or something. Like completely brilliant. <laughs> History would be written a little differently. Um, yeah, Joe, what are your, what are your thoughts? I think you previously, you know, mentioned that uh, that Landon Donovan goal. Um, yeah. But what were your top three? Uh, so I'm going to start with my number three, and uh, that was Jermaine Jones against Portugal in the World Cup. Um, That's a good. I just remember, and I went with. Like goals, oh, yeah. and I just remember, like just being in awe and just like really enjoying that moment and being so involved. And so that goal just, you know, it felt like it came out of nowhere, and it was just a bomb from the outside the box. That you know, we were playing Portugal, and they're a big, they're a big team, and they're it's in the World Cup, and you know, this was a World Cup that that we were just in, and we, you know, we were playing really well, and uh, that goal was just like that. You know, that was something that I really enjoyed. So that was my number three. Um, my number two goal was uh, Iniesta against Chelsea in the 2009 uh, Champions League. Uh, away to Chelsea, it was that game that, you know, Chelsea didn't get any call. Barcelona got all the calls and they didn't deserve them. But, you know, I like watching Barcelona. I love how they play. And um, then Iniesta scored to make it one, one to go through on away goals and, you know, injury time. It was just a goal that, you know, came out of nowhere and he's, you know, standing flat footed. He just 
pulls his leg back and he just smacks it and it goes in. And, you know, it was a goal that, you know, everyone's running around and I didn't, I don't care for Chelsea. I don't, I didn't like the way they played. I didn't like all those things. And, um, you know, he, you know, that goal just was something that I remember, you know, running around my house because it was just such a intense match. And, you know, that goal put him through on away goals. And it was just something that is a goal that I will always remember and think fondly of. And then my number one is the Landon Donovan goal. Um, I was working at an adventure camp, like a day camp, and I recorded the match. I didn't have my phone with me. I didn't let anyone talk to me. As soon as I was allowed to leave, I like ran home. I went in my room. I locked the door. I didn't talk to anyone. And I just watched the match. And I was like, no, they can't. This can't happen. And then I see him breaking down. I'm like, oh, my. And they just go in and go in. And then they score. And I, I lost it. It was one of those things that, you know, you're just so happy. It's one of those. It's just, you never, I'll never forget how I felt at that goal and what it did. And, you know, those are the goals that, you know, they just mean so much. And it was just a, it got us through in the group stage. Um, but it was just a goal that, you know, it was just a good time to be an American football fan. You know, it, it just brought everyone together and everyone kind of thinks fondly about that goal. And we wish we had more of those as, you know, American supporters, but, um, when we get one, we got to enjoy it. And I will enjoy that game, but that goal forever. Yeah. Like, like Jeff was saying, we watched that together. And when, I think mean, we, when he scored that, we were running around the house going crazy. And, you know, like it, you kind of went from like a low to a high so fast because Altidore basically did what he does best and, and, and messed up. And then Landon Donovan had to come in and, and clean things up. And thank goodness for him, Captain Donovan doing, doing his piece and, getting us through that game. That was a fantastic goal. How about you, Mike? Uh, mine. Um, so, my like one of my favorite goals is is um, Thierry Henry against Liverpool. Um, at the time, I didn't know it was Liverpool. I'm not trying to, you know, harp on you here, Jeff. But uh, it was – it was a <laughs> just a fantastic solo effort on his part. Um, and – you know, like it was, it was during the invincible season. They, uh, they had just got knocked out of champions league and like, they were kind of, they were losing at halftime in Liverpool at home. Or uh, I think, I think it might've been at home and they were just kind of like a weird time and they were trying to like get through a funk and like, he just picks the ball up just inside his own half. And he just, like, it's like, he decided, you know what? I got this. I'll, I'll put this team on my back. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take this one in. And he slalom through, the entire Liverpool defense got into the box, opened up his hips like he was going to place it far post and shuffled it from right foot to left foot. Carragher bit so hard that when he like shifted his feet to try and block the shot, he ran into his own player, knocked them both over. Henry like walks past him, slots it in the back post and scores a goal. They go on to win that game and, you know, finish out the rest of the season and, and, you know, win the title invincible season. That was just such a classy, pure goal scorers goal. And that I've, I've taken that move and I've used that my entire career. And it was just like a, a special individual goal that, you know, I've never kind of forgotten. And it's just, it was a fantastic piece of skill. Um, so that's my, my third, my, my second goal was the first special goal I can ever remember. Unfortunately, it was against Arsenal in the FA Cup final. 
or semifinal against um, it, it was for Man United. <clears throat> so it was Ryan Giggs' uh, sole effort as well. Um, he intercepts a pass from uh, an Arsenal center back at the half line in overtime and just makes Arsenal look so bad from a defensive standpoint where he just kind of, he slums, takes, you know, all the touches, finesse, and just works his way in the box and just roofs it from the six-yard uh, box. And they went on to win that game, the FA Cup, and as well they ended up doing the treble that year. And it was, like I said, that was one of the first – special goals that I could remember. And again, like with my college coach, you know, always plugging Man United and that goal, I'm like, it's shocking that I'm not a Man U fan, but it was, that was a special goal and I'll never forget that one. Um, but I think, you know, the most emotional goal to kind of, you know, tie in what, you know, like the Landon Donovan one and, and kind of what Jeff was going off of was um, it really didn't mean anything. They tied this game, but it was uh, Germany versus Ghana in the world cup in, um, 2010 they uh it was Miroslav Klose's goal I think they ended up tying two to two I was watching this game by myself in my apartment and it was like that weird time of day where like I didn't have any lights on in the house because it was still like afternoon but then like the sun was setting and it without me even realizing I was so intensely watching the game like the sun went down and I was like basically sitting in the dark watching this game like a weirdo and um Close scores that goal, and that makes him the uh, the all time World Cup leader in, in in goals scored. And I remember that feeling where I like he scores that goal, they tie the game. I jumped up off the couch, was running around my living room, and I just had this like emotion filled like body. I just like I didn't, I couldn't like contain it. it was, I was like extremely proud of him, Germany, and everything. And it was like that was. I kind of look back. I'm like, God, was that, that's such a weird thing. I was like, getting by myself, I had no one to cheer with, no one to like high five or anything. But uh, it was one of those emotional goals that you know, like, always sticks with you. And, and he was with that national team for like three World Cups, and like he's scored 15 goals, 16 goals, and it was something to you know, it was an achievement that not no one else has done. And proud to be a German fan, proud to be a Colts fan, and it was it was. Amazing. Did he? <laughs> Did he even play club soccer? Um, Strictly like... <laughs> national team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was uh, very similar to a bombing where everyone yeah. scored into front flip, and uh, which is always fearful for players when they do that. But you know, it was it was, it was great to see, great for him. Yeah, those are all some great goals, and 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 during this downtime of no live games, I'm sure we're all just top hundred goals, top twenty goals, top thirty goals over and over again on YouTube. Um, it, it, it's what's getting us through this yeah. this lull. Um, yeah, I good times. Quite hot in the last twenty four hours. It's fun to. Uh, I had some honorable mentions. I don't know if you guys had any out there, but uh, Burke Camp's goal against Argentina from I think ninety four ninety eight. Um, Aguero's goal against QPR, you know, all really great goals and, and like meaningful and emotional goals. But you know, there's there's so many. It was hard to pick. It really was. Uh, there were a ton. I mean, it, it, we could we could talk another few hours if we wanted to on just games alone. So, or goals alone. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But, but um, that's. Uh, kind of covered all the the topics that we have for this week and you know with um 
everything going on in the world out there, you know, like state by state seem to be kind of shutting down at this point. A lot of people working from home, no football, but um, the Thruple, we're here for you. World, we're, we're not going to stop uh, providing content. We're going to keep forging ahead and, and giving you guys episodes to listen to and hopefully provide a little bit of entertainment for you. Um, I thought this went pretty well. What do you guys think, you know, given the lack of football to, to talk about? Yeah, I think it was good. I think you know, talking about our our stuff and entertaining the people, hopefully, and you know they can call in and and send us what you think your top three goals are, or what what changes you would make to the fire, because I <laughs> changed combos nationality. <laughs> I think Joe failed that manager mode. I right did, there. man. I was so happy with my team until you had to go. Make me follow rules. <laughs> All right, man. Rules are in place for a reason. We need structure in this, this world. This economy. Oh, so, my bad. But uh, shout out to um, Alpha King, Oktoberfest, Off Color Brewing. Um, three really good beers. And uh, like Joe was saying, get out, get um, reach out to us on Twitter and uh, on, our, on our page and give us your thoughts on your, your all-time 11, um, your top goals. Um if you support Arsenal Liverpool or the Chicago Fire, let us know um, why and um, any team that you support. You know, get involved in the conversations. You know, if you want to make changes, our teams. If you disagree or agree, let us know. Um, we love to hear from you. Um, like I said, we'll continue making these podcasts. We'll, we'll continue uh, providing content and entertainment for you, and um, we'll we'll be back next week with um, a few different topics in in terms of top threes, top fives. Um, if you guys have any suggestions. Uh, please uh, again reach out to us and let us know we'll be happy to 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 do those for you as well but um from the thruple we are here for you hope everyone's staying safe keep washing your hands um take care of yourselves and your families and um jeff good luck on that move joe good luck on the basement finish i'll keep going but uh hopefully this was we do what we can. <laughs> Hopefully this wasn't too unbearable in terms of uh, sound <laughs> quality. This is our first go at you know self isolation podcasting, but uh, we're doing our part, and hope you guys are doing yours. And um, we'll be back next week. And as always, next round's on us. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.